Hi, I'm Lucas Mack, and welcome to another episode of The Golden Rule Revolution. Hi, I'm Lucas Mack, and welcome to another episode of The Golden Rule Revolution, where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. Today, I want to talk about people. Alex, how are you, brother? I am good, man. I am good. Lucas, it's so great to be here. What an awesome uh, thing that you and I have connected. I, for everyone, I mean, I just gave the intro to Alex. He is everything that I mentioned that he is. Um, but brother, you are, you are a light in this world. And truly, you're traveling all over the world, bringing light and joy to people. That, that means so much to hear, man. Especially from someone like you who's so bright and doing doing the work out in the world and, and spreading <laughs> such an incredible message. Truly, man, I love following all your posts and your feed, oh. your messages. It's, uh, Thanks, it's brother. unapologetically uplifting and positive and full of love. And, uh, it's, it's really great, man. Thanks brother. I appreciate that. Um, I really, I appreciate it. I think, um, first of all, people need to know your story. So tell us, tell us where, Tell us your story. Where did you get started? Where'd you grow up? And uh, what's led you to being a world traveling TV host, comedian, speaker, inspirer of your fellow man? Uh, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, the, uh, I guess an interesting kind of bouncing around road, which I think a lot of people do have. Uh, the streamline, let's go back, man. Let's go back. <laughs> um, accident kid for absolutely an accident kid. Uh, so like grew up, you know, with two older siblings, but kind of, uh, when they left for college, it was kind of the old only child situation, which mm. I, you know, in looking in the rear view, as you do back at those times, I think it was really impactful because I lived in New York, but in like a kind of a farmsy small that makes it sound like <laughs> like I was harvesting, but uh, was, <laughs> not a lot of crops, but uh, it was in the woods. But, you know, a lot of time was spent like by myself and then uh, with my parents who, you know, my mom, I just, I describe her as like, she's just a beam of good mm. on this planet. Like she is just like so good. I've never met someone full of, of kindness and sweetness and just who wants to to be a, a good force. And, uh, you know, my dad, good heart. He's a very, uh, passionate guy, a very mm. intense guy. So a lot of my, like, uh, I would say type a qualities come from him. And, and, you know, and he knows this, he's, he's a pretty intense guy and he can be pretty negative. So I grew mm. up a lot with that energy of kind of this, shooting down very, uh, intense. If you didn't win, you lost mentality. Mm. Uh, which, you know, there's a lot of good that can come from it. Like my goal was to play division one lacrosse and to be a high school American. That was like my end all be all. Uh, and I did that, but it, it took me kind of to playing in college. I played D one in the Ivy league and, uh, it was kind of doing that where I realized like, wow, you, you have to have a different headspace than just if I don't, uh, a plus 100, get five goals a game, it's a failure because that's not really uh, sustainable right. and it leaves you in a very like all or nothing place. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, I, I guess, you know, kind of keeping it streamlined without rambling too long, I was doing a path there. I was doing finance as you do when you go to an East Coast <laughs> school and you, you do that. Um, but my heart of hearts was to do something with, 
communicating and performing. And I didn't really know what that was, but acting seemed like a good, it seemed like one of those things in the arts. And so I, I like on kind of a dime switched paths to doing that. Hmm. Um, but was really my like defining period. And I call it like my grad school of life was I coached high school lacrosse. Um, and I ran a high school program for three years and that was the best thing I've ever done. And, uh, where I became a man, uh, and became the person that I want to be and something that since leaving it, that chapter, you know, it ended, uh, professionally being that person has been something that I've wanted to do since and, and feel excited and fortunate that I feel close to that now. What was it coaching that made you the man that you are today? Oh man, that's such a good and cool question. It was a lot of things. One is when there's 30 uh, young men who I love the age of high school because you're straddling an, a, 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 you're straddling an age where like, I'll look at them at one point and they'll be talking and I'll talk to them. I'm like, you are a young man. Like your outlook and your perspective and your experiences and your thoughts, you are a young man. Mm. And then on a dime, you'll be like, you're a boy. Like yeah. you're a boy. Right now. <laughs> and that's exactly right where they should be. Mm. But it's a really cool age and an impactful age where you're figuring a lot out between like on the field, but also like parents and friends and bullying and girls or boys. Mm. And like, mm -hmm. I loved I, I think I was a really successful coach because uh, I communicated to the player under the helmet, which is something that I didn't feel like I really got in college. I felt like I was referred to as like a number robot who was just mm -hmm. supposed to like do. And as much as we'd love to think that we are these like robotic performers who just execute, we're freaking not. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're yeah. So not. We have varying degrees of I would joke with the kids of like it's like a video game character and some days your focus is at a hundred you're building this character and you're at a hundred and and your efforts at a hundred but other days like you're not and right. uh, being honest about that I, I think is really important um, and the other side of it was I it was important to me to approach it with a sense of positivity and fun and I would joke around with the kids and we'd talk honestly and we'd get loud and we'd, we'd have a blast and we'd, we'd handle our business but we'd have fun and it was really important to me and, and means a ton that my, my first year there, they'd never won a playoff game in the school history and we won the championship and uh, wow. it meant a ton because like we were going up against a lot of teams and coaches that represented the type A, if you don't win, you lose. Uh, and you have to be serious. And if you're smiling, you're not working hard. And it was really eye-opening to me and validating that we ourselves were winning with our friends. And then in type A success, we were winning too. If you look at the scoreboard, the black and white, we won there. So, uh, yeah, man, that's, that's – uh, I'm getting fired up right now. I love it. Well, tell me, you know, having – Having that all or nothing mentality, uh, being raised by that all or nothing mentality, were you able to, for yourself, somewhat heal yourself by coaching in a way that you wish you would have been coached and, and treating your team in ways that you wished you would have been treated? That's so insightful. And uh, I think you nailed it, Lucas, because that's like, yeah. If I'm looking back at it, that's exactly what it was. I think it was cathartic mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, one little anecdote that I always like, it makes me want to like cry and also run around because I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> Climb a mountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a, uh, one of our guys uh, was a freshman. So, uh, so my, my job in lacrosse was to score goals. I played attack there, which is like a striker, I, I would say, in soccer. And like your job is to score goals. And so if you don't, if you get, you know, if the goalie stops in a position where you should have, it's, it's sucky. And I remember, you know, in college, if I got stopped, stoned by the goalie, I, I would get like bench or pulled. And it, it really messes with you. It messes with your confidence and it messes with like, man, does the coach have faith in me? And it, it's, uh, it's tough to step back up and do it again. Uh, it feels like the rug's been pulled out from you. Hmm. Uh, so fast forward, you know, I had ups and downs in college, great seasons and led the team and then got benched. So ups and downs. And then fast forward, I'm coaching and, uh, there was this one freshman that I really liked uh, and his name, well, yeah, screw it. His name is Tommy. Tommy, I hope you're doing well. Uh, <laughs> Go Tommy. <laughs> but uh, he was South Korean and I only bring that up because the culture is a little bit more reserved. And so anytime I would compliment him, he would kind of like uh, deflect it. And he, he really didn't speak very much. And I think he was battling with confidence issues because it's also a very success driven culture. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I, I, he really liked lacrosse and I thought lacrosse could add a lot to his life. In addition to being very musically talented and scholastically talented, I was like, lacrosse can really, I know, do a good role in his life. So fast forward, we're playing our rival and he's a freshman, but I put him in starting at the game because it was the time for him to step up and do it. And first, you know, opportunity, he's on the, the doorstep to score and the goalie stuffs him. Mm. Second opportunity, he's on the doorstep again. A couple minutes later, stuffs him. Hmm. Fast forward, third opportunity, stuffs him. So I can see it in him, and like you know, it's clear. And I pulled him aside, and I go, Tommy, look at me. You just missed three opportunities on the doorstep. Look at me. Am I yelling at you? No. Am I pulling you? No, because I know you're going to score the next one. And that's something that I never had in my uh, coaching when I was being coached and uh, college specifically. And he went back in, he never, never went off and scored the next six goals. Uh, wow. And like, just like seeing a kid who's a freshman and very reserved and not speaking, scoring a sixth goal against our rival and getting loud and the whole team yelling his name. And it's just so awesome. And, uh, it's when, you know, some people don't understand, it's if when some people don't understand sports and they think it's jockey or, you know, people bashing each other, I just wish they could see the human element because what it does for people and what it can do and what it means to people is just, uh, it's art, it's art more than anything else. Uh, mm. So yeah, man. <laughs> mm, that's cool. No, that's beautiful. You, um... I, I can hear it in your voice that it's, it's really cool combination. I think I, I want to acknowledge you for the drive that you have. I can hear it and it's, it is inseparable from the optimism that is embedded in you. And so it's a really cool driven optimism that I hear you even watching your videos and seeing your work. And I want to get into more what you're doing uh, now, but what an amazing gift that you were given and that you were able to give um, to those boys slash young men at that pivotal time in their life. 
gosh, man, you are, you are articulate and supportive. <laughs> yeah, man, you're the best. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, man, this is, uh, I am, I seriously, man, I'm, I'm honored that, that you're on this podcast and, I so appreciate it. I feel like I want to tell like listeners that, that Lucas and I had uh, one call and mm-hmm. I immediately like, uh, we, we like just, you know, video chatted for a moment and I feel like I've seen a buddy, you know, that I've known all my life. Uh, so it's, uh, I just got the chills. Yeah. Same, same, cool. same, same. I think, man, life, there's so much more to what's going on than what we just see, you know, like it's, we we are we are buddies we are brothers we are we are in this this world together doing it and we just happen to get reunited in a sense at this time you know to do do what we got to do and it's, um, uh, it's so true man and this is you know like I don't want to spin off the axis here uh, and go full Venice <laughs> Beach California <laughs> go for it <laughs> no I uh, it's something we're like you know and and call it. Uh, whatever people choose to believe in, if it's religion, if it's, uh, you know, science or being an atheist, which is believing in nothing, it's still believing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. It's something where this goes back to the type a, um, if you're not grinding with a, and frowning, you're not working. It's, uh, I don't know. There just seems to be more things at play. The more I like learn and get, uh, older, the more, um, imaginative things, seem more real um yeah yeah the more the, the what maybe we joked around about one time is hey man that's totally meta all of a sudden is reality and you're like wow yeah there's so much more to what's going on so you went from okay so let's let's talk about this you because your journey is awesome and and people i mean i loved watching you you know before we knew each other obviously but you I mean, you hosted one of the coolest shows I think that's ever been on TV since maybe American Gladiator. I mean, it's, uh, you've had quite a journey. And so let's talk about you went from coaching and then where'd you go from there? Well, um, yeah, so, uh, well, and I'll definitely get to American Ninja Warrior because it is, it is the absolute coolest. I a thousand percent agree. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, the, um, so in college, uh, there was that one night where like I, I had been doing an acting class because I always wanted to, but then uh, I, I stayed up one night with friends and we like made a campfire, which in Philly was just uh, a, a phone book on lighter fluid, like really great, you know, lovely ambiance. But we like stayed up all night talking, picking up your head to make a conscious decision of, hey, where do I want to set this railroad track before I spend the next 365 days times how many building the track, heading down the track. Uh, let me set the tra- trajectory a little bit. And one of the things that I had written in over and over again was uh, follow your fire, which like Mm. that has become whenever I'm confused or lost or I don't know what to do in life, which happens quite a bit, uh, especially in the career field I've elected. I just refer to that and that has never, never uh, steered me wrong. Um, And follow your fire to me is, whatever deeply excites you, whatever that feeling where it just feels like you get that little like lava burst in you of excitement and you know, you want to do it. Oh, whatever that is. I just feel like if we do that, 
it will ultimately bring out our best qualities because we want to do it. And that was another thing that I learned from coaching was, yeah, you can yell at somebody and they'll show up at practice and you'll, you might be able to get 80 to 90% of their performance from them if you yell at them and they have to do it. But ultimately, if, they want, if you want to get the 100% of yourself or someone, it's because want. We have to want to do it. Even mm-hmm. if it's to want to show that coach or that boss to screw themselves mm-hmm. because we can do a better job, <laughs> it's still a want, you know? That's right. That's right. So, that's um, right. yeah, so, so ultimately that's what uh, led me to, uh, to, to moving out and, and doing you know, the arts and performing and all of that and then coaching and then it was time to move on from coaching and I do think that's an important uh, thing to recognize is the ends of chapters. Um, because some are more iron concrete than others. You graduated, the job ended, you're moving. But I think sometimes others are, you know, it just feels like it's time to end and move on. And that's what it was. And it was the next year, uh, during what would have been that lacrosse season when I got, uh, the American Ninja Warrior job, Hmm. um, which like Ninja Warrior, I hosted it for two years, uh, you know, career-wise, we won Best Digital Series, which is, like, what I hosted, which is awesome. But, like, personally, it just taught me so much. And the athletes are still some of my best friends. And That's uh, cool. Gosh, man, that show – well, it's not a show. It's a competition uh, that is aired. But if, you, if you're new to it or if you've checked it out, give it a shot because it's, uh, it's so damn cool. And find a ninja community in your area. <laughs> And it's so rad. And the the biggest thing from it was it will instill in you that you can do your impossible. Hmm. So whatever you've never done, if it's doing a flip or doing a hundred pull-ups or even one pull-up or whatever it may be, I promise you, hook up with the Ninja Warrior community. They're uh, uplifting, supportive, and uh, you will do things that you, that you didn't think you could do. That that is. Uh... What a lesson being surrounding yourself with people who inspire you will show you that you can do things you didn't th- think possible. That's uh, who doesn't want to be around that type of community. <laughs> That's amazing. It's absolutely right. You know, tomorrow night on my calendar is to go to a, and this is Venice, an acro yoga jam. Uh, because you know what? I've never really done acro yoga and it always looked cool. And, uh, screw it let's learn how <laughs> well what what is that i mean i i have only heard that so what what is what does that yeah, involve it's such a valid question it is <laughs> uh, a combination of like acrobats and uh like team yoga and kind of like um i would say like cheerleading where there's like a base and then someone kind of flying on them um but it's awesome. And part of the tomorrow morning, this guy is really good at handstands. So I asked him to give me some lessons and learning how to do handstands. And like, it, it may sound silly, but the reasoning is I've never been able to do handstands in my life. Mm. And there's something to me that is cool and inspiring and uplifting to myself of doing something that I've never done before and never being older than what I am when I do it. Mm. it it's kind of, uh, a reminder to me of age is a state of mind and uh, it's tangible proof of that. Hmm, That's cool. That's, that is, um, that's a lesson I think. Well, let me ask, let me ask you, when did you start learning that lesson? 
Like what in your life? Did you read something? Were you in a community? Because this lesson of the state of mind, mentality, age, limitations, all these limiting beliefs are holding so many people back. However, I think there's a huge movement of, and I know there is a huge movement, and this is part of it, of helping people remove those limiting beliefs. So when in your life did you start getting that mentality of, a just just a state of mind and I want to try things that I can't do. I mean, that's, that's exactly, you know, it, and it was, it was Ninja Warrior because hmm. my job in it was uh, the first year to be just an average Joe, you know, who's played sports and, and whatnot. And then to go on the, uh, the obstacles and kind of comically fail, not, not intentionally, but just because they're so damn tough and heading and heading into that time. I'd also kind of, you know, got convinced myself of being like a former athlete. You know, uh, mm. I played Ivy League D1 sports, but that was in the rear view. And I, 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 it's, it's incredible what we can convince ourselves of. And mm. so I was doing that. But then I started to train with the athletes because they be, they're super cool. And they were like, come train with us. And I'm like, you know, I felt all the initial feelings of fear and humiliation. But what uh, Ninja Warrior also taught me was to get over that. Um, mm. because let me tell you this also with Ninja Warrior, when you fail, um, it is often with a lot of people looking at you and you're <laughs> high up and, uh, you don't just fail. It's often over water. So then you're getting out and you're wet. Um, and so, but it told me, it, it told me to just get over it, uh, because who really freaking cares? Right. And I know that I'll feel it tomorrow when I go to the acro yoga gym and I try to do a handstand and I flop on my back like a freaking flounder. I know <laughs> that I'm going to feel those feelings again of embarrassment and doubt and, oh, no, I don't want to do it. But I, now I know that that's simply just a wave and just let that wave go and take a breath and mm, get back at it. And, hmm. uh, yeah, so what was cool and I used to say this actually to co when I was coaching kids is surprise yourself um, because it's just so true. Like there's no substitute for just doing and you know, whether that's learning a new, and I, and I did a, a TEDx talk on it called start sucking, uh, but, <laughs> you know, cause what will end up happening is like, say you have to learn a new operating system or you've always wanted to learn the guitar or cook or learn how to do a flip, whatever it may be, you're going to suck at it. But eventually, if you keep doing it, and this is what happened with American Ninja Warrior, uh, you know, I would like, I would end up looking at like a video of like one of the training sessions. This is like after a couple of months, and I was like, that doesn't suck. Like that kind of looks like someone who's doing the damn thing, right? And you're a little surprised. It's a little surreal of like, whoa, that's that's the now me. Like the me a couple of months ago, yeah, I sucked, but like the now me is is pretty good, and it's exciting for what the future me could be. Um, yeah, man. I, I just think uh, sometimes, and I feel it so much of if we don't get success or if we get external negativity or internal negativity, we kind of bail because those feelings are really rough. Whereas if we just weather them and rather than endure them, if we can even learn to embrace the experience of knowing that like this period of sucking is temporary <laughs> and like, you know, there's going to be ups and downs, but really today is the worst we're ever going to be. And mm. tomorrow will be a little better. And uh, yeah, man, because right on the other side of sucking is, is just all the wonderful stuff. <laughs> mm. That's right. That's good. Um, tell me about, let's, 
a couple of things I wanted to make sure we talked about um, before we get into all the talks you're doing and, and what you're doing, traveling around the globe, spreading that goodness. I wanted to ask you, I mean, you competed uh, for Team Argentina in the 2018 World Lacrosse Championships in Tel Aviv. Yeah. You finished as the second highest score in the competition. Um, what was it like competing for people globally? And what are some lessons you got from that experience? Yeah, man. Well, appreciate the hell out of that. Thanks for uh, repping the stats. <laughs> uh, you know, the, uh, there was a few things. There was like, you know, um, there was the personal element, which was like kind of avenging for myself my shortcomings and how I saw it of underperforming in college. Hmm. So there was that. Then there was the community element of representing a nation that I'm not Argentinian, but uh, I was one of three passport spots, non-passport spots on the team. I've been down to Argentina. I've known the guys for five years now. We've become like brothers. Um, but representing their flag and their songs and their national anthem and doing that with honor and sincerity um, was really important. And then, you know, doing something. I played lacrosse when I was five years old. So to play it in the, the corner was in Israel and to play it uh, in Israel on Argentina against, you know, Slovakia, Sweden, you name the countries was just bananas. Cool. Uh, you know, like, awesome. yeah, it was so rad. Um, and uh, yeah. So, I mean, I could talk, I could talk volumes on all of it. Uh, I, I mean, I, I just love sports. It just brings people together. And like what I've learned from sports is, that is where all of the tearing aways end. All racism and all hmm. like, you know, negativity and fear, it all takes a back seat when you find out that you both love something in common. Hmm. And it's, uh, it's just such an express route. You know, I've, I, I played a tournament last year, two years ago in Bulgaria. And like, I don't know the Bulgarian, they don't know American, but like you start doing a drill and, I passed to him and he scores and now we're hugging and like, <laughs> that's weird. We've known each other for about 90 seconds, but now we're hugging. Um, cool. when like, cool. if I saw you down the street, maybe we'd be mean mugging. Uh, so it's, uh, how yeah, is, and, how, and how is your mean mug? Uh, do you, do you deliver? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can you throw a good mean mug out there? <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. You know, it's something where like, you know, I, I am a nice guy and, and you are as well. And I think that sometimes though, people think that nice can mean that like you're a pushover yeah, or weak. Right. Yeah. And it's right. just, it's not, it's just, it's a choice. And, uh, I think you and I both would rather approach a conflict with, with, uh, a kind first foot still holding our ground, still being stern, but would rather lead with that than, uh, you know, chirping or mean mugging or whatever the alternative is, screaming. Right, right. Okay, I'm going to read to you one of my favorite all-time quotes from the great American philosopher and poet, Al Capone. Um, I oh, I don't know if he's ever been referred to as that, but he said, don't mistake my kindness, my kindness for weakness. I'm kind to everyone, but when someone is unkind to me, weak is not what you're going to remember about me. <laughs> what do you think of that? That's 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 quite the direct indirect saying. I I think that's spot on because it's uh 
it's it's just it's a choice, man. And no. uh, you know, I I find that out in myself too. If I feel like someone is kind of taking advantage of me or being unkind or you know, however you want to define it, disrespectful, whatever, step into you, whatever. Yeah. I, I certainly will approach it with uh, kindness first. But I think, you know, it, I think it's a matter of holding your ground. And I think something I've learned is like, you also got to be kind to yourself. So it's like, mm. listen, uh, here's my line. Here's my barrier. And if you're pushing up against it, I'm going to push back respectfully. And if you, you keep pushing on to mine, well, now you're, now, now you're making me be unkind to myself. So now I gotta, I gotta honor that. Hmm. Uh, That's good. So, That's good. And, uh, you know, it's interesting cause I do look at it and I, I do have the, uh, you know, especially being a coach and playing in the, the sports, like I have that quality of alpha and like, let's go. And, and it's a fight and, you know, it's physical and lacrosse is super physical and right. I'm whacked in my shins and it hurts and I'm whacking people. But it's like, it's rooted, this is going to sound uh, crazy, but this physical kind of brutality is rooted in a love of a sport, a love of my brothers on my team, and a love of doing my best at something that I love. And it's the same thing on his end. And part of that action, look at, took, look at two ultimate fighters. They hug oftentimes after they just beat the mm. piss out of each other. Yeah, yeah. Because they love the art craft that is this. And for someone listening who's, you know, might think, wait, ultimate fighting is art. Man, it is really beautiful. Yeah. The physical control and movement that these athletes are displaying. And yes, part of it does result in harming someone else, but it's an active and elective choice of love. Yeah, and and there is a, I mean, just to affirm what you're saying, it's based on martial arts, and that is not a misnomer. That actually is the ability in an artistic way to move the body in ways that humanity doesn't necessarily think of right away. And I think those guys could take it all the way, and they don't. They're not out there, you know, the majority are not out trying to kill the guy. They're just trying to win. Correct. And that's, I think, a difference, um, certainly as well in mentality. A hundred percent. So let's get into, I mean, you just got back last, I mean, this is amazing. We, we hop on, I'm like, how you doing? You're like, good. Uh, I'm like, well, what's happening? I just got back from London. Okay. Uh, tell us as much as you can, and this is, uh, tease it out as much as you want. Tell us what you what you got going on around the world so you know different things and i i uh i'm thankful for for traveling for work i i do enjoy it you know and that's a whole another thing that we could go into because there's pros and cons of that uh but this specific one was it's for don't tell comedy which a few friends and i a year and a half ago you know i do stand-up comedy and we backyard shows have always been like our most fun ones as comedians, as crowds. So we threw a secret one and it went well. And so we threw another and fast forward. Uh, now we're in 20 different cities around America. And this was our first show in London and uh, it's called don't tell comedy. It's secret comedy shows, secret performers and secret locations. So um, you awesome. pretty much, it's so fun. So you would, you know, you'd get a ticket to, uh, a neighborhood. So, uh, you know, I live in LA, but I live in Venice. Would so be don't tell Venice. 
and you show up, you get the address that day, you don't know where you're going, someone's home, a rooftop, an office, we did karate dojos, uh, we did a steamboat, um, we've, done, we've done pretty much everything. We're 300 shows in, and uh, some of the biggest acts, you know, we'll have, we'll have like really awesome comics you've never heard of, which we love, and then we'll also have some names that you've probably seen on Netflix or HBO, like Ali Wong and Tom Segura and, and all those amazing people. So it's, uh, they're a blast and it's BYOB. So if that's your thing, that never hurt. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. That's amazing. And it's how can people sign up to get more information or is it that secret where? No, no, no. It's, uh, you know, we we're a little tongue in cheek about it too, but it's, it's don't tell comedy.com. And of course we're on all the social media at the same thing. Don't tell comedy Perfect. and, uh, sign up. And, uh, you know, if we are not in your state or your neighborhood, shoot us a note because we will come. If you're literally like, come do one at my home, my office or my yoga studio, uh, we'll make it happen. Uh, so it's, uh, they're fun. We're kind of like a little traveling circus. Love it. Love it. Uh, as we are speaking, I just liked Don't Tell Comedy on Facebook, and I'll make sure I put the uh, link in the show notes so everyone can sign up. That, that is a kick. I mean, you are the speakeasy of comedy. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, man, comedy's a- speakeasy. You're going to see that branding uh, coming out soon. (laughs) Oh, man. I love it. Ring this phone number at this time. You may or may not be able to hear a joke. The speakeasy of comedy. I love that. (laughs) That's good. Um, So now that you're, you're traveling, you're inspiring people, what is your, and I don't even want to lead you into this, what is your, dream what is your actually hold on real quick brother hey buddy. yeah yeah yeah. you can lead me anywhere hey bubs can you be quiet um thanks i got, got the kids right outside the room i love it um okay thanks buddy um so what is your with all the things that you have going on what's your vision what do you hope that you leave as a mark on this world and what are you I mean, why actually, (laughs) maybe these are big questions I'm going to ask you because I'm curious, first of all, I also know you're making a huge impact. And so why go out and do what you're doing? And then what is the impact and legacy you hope you leave? Great question. And, uh, you know, as you're, as you're saying it, man, it's, it's like affirming, to myself and, and kind of reminding to myself because I think that, uh, you know, there's, there's, I, there's life, but then there's life and I'll, I'll, I'll mm. dive into that one. There's, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I'm happy with our, uh, excited. I don't, I don't know the correct adjective to apply to it, but for a lot of my life, my lens. And and even like, you know, in middle school, I remember thinking this way, and this belief has not changed that there's life and life is you're a creature on a floating rock in space and you can do anything or nothing. That is, that is what is true. Now there's, there's 2018 life, which is houses and cars and 401ks and college, or it's living in Singapore 
or it's, you know, being in a really, really rough situation somewhere else. So mm. there's a lot of different forms of what we create or turn or our life looks like. But mm. the real crux and the truth of it is that you're a creature who can do anything or nothing on a floating rock in space. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the rules. That's the game that we were uh, brought into or, or the, the backbone of it. And that uh, has really been crucial to like my going through life because I think it's also made me a little bit fearless in that, yeah, if it doesn't work out, I'm going to be super bummed that I can't afford that car or I'm going to be super bummed that I got embarrassed. But if I actually zoom out, boy, I'm super happy I went for doing what I actually love doing mm. because nothing really matters. And I, I say this in one of my talks, nothing matters except what you decide matters. And I really think that's the truth. Um, so one, you know, one, my kind of lens on, on life is to zoom out, to realize that we're a creature who can do anything or nothing, um, and do whatever we want. And we have this gift of life and to just ask ourselves, what do I want to do with my moments on earth? And I think that that is the most honest thing that anyone can ask themselves. It's also super scary. And I feel it, man. I'm like, this is what I do for my life. And I'm like, as you're asking me, Lucas, I'm like, Oof, what, a <laughs> what, what am I doing? <laughs> question. You're basically, you know, you're asking me that exact question. What do I yeah. want to do with my breaths, with my heartbeats? Yeah. Which is a yeah. What do I want to do? And, and, and that's the thing is like, if it ends tomorrow, man, I hope it doesn't because I'm having a blast and I love what I'm doing. And I feel like I have so much more to give and so much more to do. Hmm. But I know that I'm doing what I need to do. Hmm. And, you know, as I say that, there's a little asterisk mark of like, Alex, maybe you can do more. And I think you can, and I hope I can. Uh, but I hope, I hope that I can be a light. And, you know, that's a term that I have only really been introduced to in the last year or two. And it really hmm. rings true to me. And, you know, maybe to some people it's religious and maybe it's not. And I don't really care if it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope that I can be a, an example and, and more so than an example, a motivator and a healer and a supporter of people mm. fearlessly doing what they actually love because I feel like that will bring out the best parts of themselves and bring them to communities and people and places and pursuits in their best way. And then they can be the best version of themselves. Um, if they want to do it, and that goes back to the coaching, you know, that we were talking about. If if you're performing your best, uh, I think it's because you want to. People simply desire two things at their very core. All of us, we desire to be known. So that player, Tommy, you actually calling his name, not pulling him out, knowing that he could do it, believing in him, speaking forth truth in his life allowed him to go perform and he'll never forget that. And I guarantee he is more successful today because of the, the kindness of you knowing who he was. And the second thing is we just want to be loved. We, I mean, what does it matter whether we perform or don't perform at any point that it matters? It's not unconditional. It's conditional love. And that's not really love. You know, we want to know, hey, if I totally blow it, will, we, will you still be there? Will you still hold me? Will you still love me? 
And uh, man, that's, that's, uh, it's been a massive shift in my life and my children's life, my wife and I, and that's in a home. And then even seeing what you're doing, um, what we're doing and specifically though, what you're doing, just bringing light and life and inspiration to people and, you know, the motivational comedy and inspiring people that they can be better and they are worthy of pursuing that dream and that vision that they have. Man, that's, that is power. That is, that is the power that we possess is to inspire and love individuals. Gosh, man, Lucas, I love hearing you speak. Man. <laughs> it's so great. And, 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 and this needs to be said, oh, man, I'm, you know, I'm doing these pursuits. I also, at the end of the day, I'm, I don't, my responsibilities, uh, you know, if we go back to the 2018 life of what is, what is life in today's age of bills and, you know, house and clean it up and take care of people is really myself. But I look at you, man, and you're doing all this and you have a wife and you got three kids, three kids, three kids, man. (laughs) So that's, that's beautiful and very impressive. Uh, you know, and it's, um, so don't sell yourself short in, in, in the work you're doing. Uh, thanks brother. So cool. And it's so cool to show that you're showing up for all of these people thanks. and yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I have learned we cannot give what we do not have. And, uh, like you said, showing up for myself, learning what health is and, emotional health and emotional intelligence and um, standing in pure responsibility and a hundred percent accountability and no longer being a victim and, and really just seeing all events in life as smaller than me. Kind of like the matrix, you know, when the agent shoots the bullet shoots at Neo and the bullets coming at Neo and he just lifts his hand up and the bullet stops and then he picks the bullet out of the air and he looks at it and discards it. I mean that if that I really think every every person on planet Earth can really get to that place where we see life is okay. This happened. Let me look at it, huh? And discard it. Um, keep what we want to keep and um, and discard what we want to discard. And that gets back to what you were saying earlier. Um, all that matters is what you said. All, uh, all, all that matters is what you decide matters. Yeah, that's it. That's exact. We're saying the exact same thing, and that's why. Yeah starting this episode, just affirming you being a light in the world you are. And, um, you know, I joked around with a buddy on an episode the other day. Most people say, um, I'm not, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. And I joked with them. I said, you know, it'd be funny. The person that says I'm not spiritual, I'm religious. <laughs> like, Oh, that's quite the opposite <laughs> way to take it. Right. Um, but regardless of where we fall in that concept of like being a light in the world, Man, I say, may we all know that we can be the brightest light in someone's day. We all can be inspiring. We can all use our gifts and not all our gifts are the same. I mean, I'm, your gifts are uniquely your gifts and whoever's listening, you have gifts that are uniquely yours and together when we all bring our light together, that is the most illuminating experience that the world I think is waiting for. Yeah. So I want to affirm you, brother, to keep going and oh man, keep going, keep going, keep being the speakeasy of comedy, and <laughs> keep being the host, keep being the TEDx speaker, keep 
keep going and um, whatever I can do to support you always you you know I'm I, I want you to know I'm here for you and and um, I got your back brother because you're doing good work you're doing you're doing God's work for the <laughs> for the non-religious you're doing the good stuff Lucas beyond just getting chills uh, I I have a whiteboard in my uh, in my room and I you know, because I, I, I get doubts and uh, just like everyone. And, uh, you know, aside from all the like, there, there's a few to-dos, but it's much more of something I look at to remind myself of who I want to be. And mm. because we all have down days and fog and negativity and not feeling it. Um, mm. And what's so validating is I'll look at it and, and something from someone I love and respect. And it's like, well, they saw that in me. It's just kind of like, boop, like points me mm. back on the right track. Just kind of reverts me right back onto it and uh your words man are, are on the board now and i i so think <laughs> thanks brother oh man it's such a i i would love to do this again i love to have you back on and um i just uh thank you thanks for thanks for being a brother thanks for standing with me thanks for being willing to come on this episode and and just um thanks brother keep going keep going and likewise thank you so much man and and, and uh you got to come on mine because i an hour goes by fast with you so we need, we need to <laughs> this has been uh you know to those to those listening i, I want to be a guest and, and and supply uh answers and all that but selfishly on my end i want to hear more about lucas because this guy <laughs> is so interesting and such a profound human and such a good soul mm. uh so thankful to know you, man. Thanks, brother. Likewise. Likewise. But I struggle with people pleasing. I struggle with not wanting to disappoint people and wanting to make sure people are happy with me. This is a result of how I was brought up. The effects of never experiencing unconditional love, always having to perform getting hit enough and in order to get that approval get that love i performed a lot of issues for me i've had employees for 10 years and i was not a good manager because i didn't like confrontation i didn't want to